When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. Brig and I took this week off, so we thought we would include our three favorite segments from the last six months. We have Baseball on TV versus Radio, the Unwritten Rules of Baseball, and we have our instant classic, Sunflower Seed Taste Test. Enjoy. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad, and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, baseball together. We're going to talk about something that I think is really important and actually came up for me today between me and some of my friends, and I want to just talk about it. So, And then we're going to talk about meaningless predictions for the season. But first, let's get into how we are going to consume baseball and what are our preferences for consuming baseball because we can't go, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, Brad I, I, Brad, I really feel like there are two solid options and then the crappy option that you only use when you're in a work meeting and you, you're supposed to be paying attention, but you're not actually paying attention. That is the play-by-play updates and the little, you know, uh, animated field that they give you on the apps that you can watch. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. ball drops over here, strike zones here. That kind of thing. So, so I'm not going to count that one in, in among the better options. Right. Though, if I am in a meeting where I can't get out of, I will sit and watch the diagram mm-hmm. populate. <laughs> oh yeah, I used to do that. Like, I would work like a one to nine shift in the pharmacy when I was in college, and from seven to yeah. nine, nobody would come in, and I couldn't actually get the game. Like, we'd have a we'd have a game on the radio, but it was always the Giants because the pharmacist anyway. Shout out to Jesse if you're listening in Connecticut. But I would have a game on my phone, <laughs> and uh, and I would I'd be watching the dots. That's how I watched games from seven to nine because nobody came in. But that's right. Yeah, so I, I get it. Yep. So really, the two remaining good options, and, and I I actually think there's some debate here on which is best, which is why I'm bringing it up, Brad. <laughs> I think that we should talk about the merits between television and radio mm-hmm. for consuming baseball brad you and i have talked about it but let's let you know i think we should talk about it some more yeah what do you what do you like better do you, just blanketly we'll let i want to talk about why but right now do you like baseball on television or do you like baseball on the radio i pre- better i prefer baseball on the radio um and it, it's what well okay Hold on. <laughs> I prefer Don't the pl- backpedal now. You were so confident. Well, it, it's because I prefer the play-by-play of radio, okay? Like, if <laughs> okay. I'm... It, so, I, I work a lot at night. I do a lot of work at night. And rather than having the game on and trying to distract myself watching it, I'll turn on the radio version. Because I prefer radio play-by-play guys way over TV guys. Like, so much. So I prefer the play-by-play of radio, but if I can actually sit down and watch a game, mm-hmm. like sit down and actually pay attention, I prefer ba- I prefer TV. 
but I still I still mute the play by play because I don't like to listen to it. Does that make sense? Interesting. And yeah, there's a lot of divided opinion out there, mm-hmm. and I actually know a lot of people who turn on the television to watch but mute the television announcers, the commentators. Mm-hmm. My, in fact, yeah, you're not you're definitely not alone. Yeah. Well, and and like I said, like if I'm if I'm working, I'll turn on the radio broadcast on my TV so that I'm not distracted by it. Because right, I, because I I really like to listen to it on radio. Like during the day when I'm working, I'll find any ga- any day game and listen to the radio broadcast. It doesn't matter who it is. The White Sox guys, by the way, are really good. I can't remember their names, but they are they're 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 great. fantastic. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's true. So, what about you, Brig? How yeah. do you prefer to consume your baseball? Well, Brad, <laughs> it's funny you should ask because <laughs> because I happen to have a very definitive opinion. Okay, I prefer the radio too. What? <laughs> yes. No questions asked. I don't think we've ever had this very clear question asked between the two of us. But I prefer I prefer radio better. Yeah, I, there's so I much prefer more radio about it better. Than better. I, that was the worst sentence I've said in my life. <laughs> more better, greater than. <laughs> I I I prefer the radioist in the most betterest of the baseball times. Yeah. Thank you. Which is funny because <laughs> baseball fans are killed for living in the past, not willing to adapt technology, and just being old timey. And it's like, yeah, I love baseball on the radio. Yeah, you would baseball right. fan. Yeah. Yeah, forget you. You know, yeah, you would. But, but I, honestly, yeah, I'm, the exactly same, I'm, right. the, I'm the exact same way with football and basketball. I much prefer the radio play-by-play over the TV play-by-play because there's too much extra stuff yeah. that I don't care about, unless it's Rod because he brings so much to the table that I learn. But anyways, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Me too. And I'm a glutton for that information. I just want him to yeah. do a lecture series or something. <laughs> That'd be yeah. I'd be there. I'd be there for that. I, yeah, for sure. He should do a master class. Ooh, we should call master class and see if they can. Uh, your new baseball instructor, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. There um, there with the, and then the violins, you know, they come right in. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I think, <laughs> I think, um, I think there's a lot of merit to both mm-hmm. for me. When I watch, I agree with you. The play by play on the radio side is much sharper it's you get more color, you get more visceral experience mm-hmm. because what you're what you're you're subjecting yourself to storytelling. You're subjecting yourself to somebody who's charged with providing you this visual experience without the actual visual experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that doing that well is is art in its mm-hmm. in its purest form, right? That's yeah. that's communication in its purest form as well and and to bring a game to life without being there and even without being able to view it successfully mm-hmm. is unbeatable. When it's done well, it's magical. Yeah. Absolutely. So I I'm I think you the... lose a lot of that on television. Yeah, you do. And I feel like I feel like the guys on, on TV, they they don't always do this and they and they don't all do it. And like part of it is letting letting the game breathe. But they also kind yeah. of lean on the visual aspect where you can't really do that for radio. Like you can you can wait. Like the, the pitch is set, you can wait for the pitch. You know, I'm I'm fine with that because you can still hear what's going on. 
you can still hear, you know, yeah. that like you know you can hear set the wind up, the pitch, and then you hear the pop. You know, you don't they don't have to be yep. talking through every pitch. It's just fine because you still get the experience. But with TV, they lean on it a lot more where they're not even saying to set the pitch. You know, that they just you yeah know, they, they let you take it in visually. So I don't know. That's just well, me. So I, I have a couple. I have a couple of other thoughts. I think that that the television guys don't have to worry so much about ad spots and the radio people, you know, their play by play is always peppered with, uh, yeah. you know, a little three or five, three to five second, uh, pre record or pre recorded in some cases, but sometimes read. In fact, I had a funny, I was listening to the Yankees game tonight, the Yankees nationals game instead of what well, I could have watched it, but I chose to listen to it. And the, <laughs> Susan Waldman is one of my favorite people to listen oh to God. because she is she's so, so funny. She, she's oh so God. snotty though. <laughs> she, she is, <laughs> but it's it's so funny though hearing a professional broadcaster that snotty on the biggest yeah. like the biggest broadcast in the country. Like it's either the Dodgers or the Yankees, sure. and and she's doing that on a Yankees broadcast. So it's, tonight it's she read an ad spot and she. At, she got through it, and she said, "John, <laughs> what what did I just read?" <laughs> and then, and then she read it again, and it was a jumbled mess of ad copy. I mean, it was written so poorly that we, we, I sat, I sat like we have you know degrees in journalism and broadcast mm-hmm. as part of that, and we were like, okay. Hold on. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> she, she, so she reads it again, and then she says, what is this for, gambling? <laughs> and John, John Sterling says, yeah, I think I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, think so. <laughs> if the pros who are oh. contracted to say it don't know what it's for, you know nobody else going to figure it out. That's so funny. That is so funny. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I know how to donate my car for kids. You don't even worry about it. Yeah. Yep. 100%. K-A-R-S, cars for kids. I got it all day, all day yep. long, man. <laughs> and that's the thing is you, you become so familiar with those. You listen to them on the radio because they're, they're peppered so much throughout the broadcast. And it might be five right. seconds or ten seconds tops. But you're constantly. Oh there. yeah, tops. Constantly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so but funny, but the color commentary. I feel like the color commentary between between radio and television is so different as well because the radio, the color commentator. For those of you that don't know, broadcast journalism is brought is broken down typically broken down into two parts. There's the play by play person. And then there's the color person. And the play-by-play person, their job is to literally give you the play-by-play. And the color commentator, their role is to provide you with the fluff stuff, the color, the backstory, the fun and interesting facts, the statistics and, you and might not have. break it down. Break it all down. Yeah, exactly. Which is why you often get, like John Schmoltz is a great example, television. John mm-hmm. Schmoltz is now television, but he's he provides color commentary to Joe Buck's play-by-play. John Schmoltz brings the expertise to the table. Joe Buck delivers the 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 moment by moment beats of the story. So mm-hmm. 
so I feel like the difference between color commentators is really where the rubber meets the road um, when comparing these two, you know, consumption yeah. models well, and, or whatever. And in some cases, like you have, you have Bob Euchre doing play-by-play for the Brewers, which right that is absolutely the best list in Major League Baseball. Um, yeah, because it's great, Euchre's hilarious, and his color his color guy's job is to basically laugh at his jokes. And it doesn't take much right. because he's so funny. <laughs> yeah. He's making jokes throughout the thing and the, his color guy is just cracking up the whole the whole game. Like I, I can't imagine yeah. that's even a, that's an easy job. <laughs> yeah. Oh my word. Well, and so so you get then you if you think back to guys like Vin Scully and I know he's the quintessential example, but he is for mm-hmm. a reason. You you talk about Vin Scully and he did both somehow. And uh-huh. it's just, just incredible. So yeah, I, I, the the last thing I want to say, and I, Brad, I want your opinion on this. How do you feel about homerism, whether it be on television or on the radio? And for those of you that don't know, homerism is when the 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 local commentator is overly interested in making sure the team's successes are celebrated, and not quite as interested. In making sure that the opposing team's successes are celebrated. That's a mm-hmm. really broad stroke definition. But, Brad, what do you think? Um, as long as it's a local broadcast, I'm all for it. I mean, you're supposed to be pumping up the team for the for the local for the home crowd, right? For the home fans at, the, at yeah. their homes. So you might as well be. Um, I don't like it. It bugs me when if <laughs> I should say this. When I was younger, it bugged me on national broadcasts, like if I felt like I heard it. But now, like you're gonna hear it in the uh, in the broadcaster's voice, just because of uh, personal framing, right? Like the sure. way you see it. Because you know, I used to. I remember growing up in the '90s watching Jordan play, and it was always Jordan, yes, you know. And, and yep. I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys are Bulls fans. This is ridiculous. No, it's like no, it's that Michael Jordan was dominating everybody, and that was just the call. Was yes, you know. Yeah. And yes. so so you feel like you hear it but in the home in the in the regional or the home broadcast or whatever please do. It's fun. It's tons of fun. Like you can hear um it it, it helps with the tone of the game. If the broadcasters are excited, it makes you more excited if they're just what well, home run to left. Excellent. Two run home run. Ball game is now 2 to 0 in the top of the ninth inning. Very good. <laughs> and we all call you know? clap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like nobody likes that. And that's why. That's why you don't no. watch golf because it's boring for that. No, you want the homerism. <laughs> I feel like, and I, I feel like you want want the homerism in your in your home broadcast. And it can be painful if you are, if your team is playing and you're watching that that uh, that home broadcast and they're trashing on your team. It's like, oh, like I used to get so mad. But then when I finally understood exactly what was going on, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. Just mute it. Just mute it. Hmm. But what so, about you? Do you like the homerism in broadcasts? Yeah, I'm all about it. As, yeah. And I agree with everything you've said. The only thing I, I agree, especially with everything you said about it being the local guy or gal, like they're the mm-hmm. ones that should be screaming and yelling and so excited and setting this tone mm-hmm. and all the things you said. The one thing I think is a problem with this topic is that it's not being done enough. And I don't mm-hmm. know why. I don't. 
and obviously I listen to John Sterling and Susan Waldman. They are the radio team for the Yankees, but mm-hmm. they, and I, I wonder if it's because it is such a large market and because it, there is such an expansive geography that they're covering of people tuning in. I mean, I'm in South Carolina and I'm still tuning in. So I, I wonder if there's something there about having a national level professionalism or an international level sort of, but I feel like John really holds back and it mm. bugs the crap out of me. I wish I wish John was was hooting and hollering. You know, I need him to be all in because when when the Yankees are doing poorly, they bring it down a notch mm-hmm. and then and they let their criticisms flow freely, but but I don't see that reciprocated on the celebrate celebratory side. And that bugs me. Like if you're well, going to do one, do both, you know? Mhm. Yeah. And for me, I wonder if sometimes when you're too close to something, it's easier to be critical. It's hard to see the good. And I wonder if that's part of it. Part of it might be Mm. jaded. I mean, I don't know how long John Sterling's been calling Yankee games, but he might be a little bit jaded. But I'll uh, I'll tell you right. It's like a bazillion years. Yeah. And and that's what I assume. Like, I think I see here. uh, Last year he called 5,000 straight before taking a day off. That's right. That was so he got the flu. That, yeah, so that was last year in July and so that, that he could be just jaded after 5000 games, I don't know. But no, and and one quick thing before we move on. Man, we've gone a long way too long with this. But anyways, um when I yeah, was with sorry. the RMLs, the radio broadcaster for the team that summer, he was a college intern and his goal, I believe, was to like from what I understood talking to him, his goal was to be a national radio broadcaster. He wanted to do right. radio, he didn't want to do TV. So he was incredibly professional. He did not wear. He didn't even wear team hats. He wore a team hat because that's what he was supposed to do for work. Outside of work, he didn't. He didn't have any team hats that he wore. Everything was neutral. Um, and his broadcast huh. was very neutral. He was very good, but his his broadcast was incredibly neutral. On the other hand, there were teams that would come into town. The Owls that season, uh, they won. They won the Pioneer League. And yeah, the whole uh, thing. one yeah. of the broadcasters, one of the broadcasters, when the other team, like it looked like the the out of town team was going to win the game in advance, he was leaning outside of the broadcast booth, outside the window, <laughs> yeah. cheering and pumping his fist. Yes, <laughs> yes, they just scored and they go up yeah. two to one. You know, whatever. And it was like, it was. I was like, man, that guy is like pumped. <laughs> You know, we were right. all just kind of laughing because we hadn't seen anything like that all summer. We had seen our guy, you know, was either sitting or he would stand if his legs got, if he needed to stretch his legs. And, you know, yeah. he was n- no inflex. But but that out-of-town guy, this was his job. This was his basically his second job with this team. And so he let it flow. And looking back, it's like that was actually pretty cool to see. You know, the yeah. one guy in the stadium cheering and it happened to be the radio guy. But. I'd like to see more. That's of it too. cool. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about blowouts and we talked about no hitters. Um let's talk unwritten rules. There are some unwritten rules that are associated with each. Um Yeah. And this is the thing that I think is funny is the rules are unwritten for a reason. Okay, let me just get this out of the way to to start <laughs> with. Wait, wait. The, are you on your soapbox? I'm I'm just going to say, just let me say it real quick. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
So anytime I hear of the unwritten rules of baseball, I think of Captain Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. Only appropriate that I'm wearing my pirate baseball shirt tonight. <laughs> yeah. I think of when they say, stick to the code. Ah, oh, the code be but but guidelines. <laughs> that's right. That, that's really what the unwritten rules are. It's guidelines to be playing with etiquette. Um, I guess you could see, say, playing politely and having good sportsmanship. Yes. Um, but that being said, all of those standards are also from the 19th century. Well, all of them, most of them, because that's where the unwritten rules come from. Mm-hmm. Okay, is it started at the beginning of the game? You know, oh, we played gentlemanly. Yes, put your bow tie tight and see. Yes, you know. <laughs> oh wow, like that's yeah. That, okay, <laughs> I always when anytime I go into that voice, I I uh, I, I channel my great grandpa because yeah. anytime he try to teach us something, he'd be like, like this. See, like, thanks, <laughs> <Grandpa>. <laughs> well, he sounds like a terrific fella. He was. He's a stand-up guy. A real swell guy, you'd say. Yeah, it's a real swell guy. Ah, yeah. So, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> so so Brig, that, that's where the unwritten rules come from, and that's why I feel I like they've been challenged so much lately because they've been in the game for over you know 150 years, 150 whatever. 150 years, yeah, right. You know, and and a lot of them are out of date, and part of the unwritten rules are why MLB is fighting an uphill battle to bring in a younger, young, younger, younger demographic right i mean am i am i wrong there i don't think you're wrong i don't think you're wrong said the said the man (laughs) (laughs) are you fight are you fighting curmudgeonry there yes I knew it. I knew it. I even have my hands interlaced. Feel it coming through my headphones as you're sitting there (laughs) listening to me talk. Like just, it was just like poking me right in my ear, curmudgeonry. I just am so excited (laughs) to talk about this. (laughs) But, but so those are the things we're going to talk about. We just talked about where they came from. Let's talk about what are they? What are the unwritten rules? What are some of the unwritten rules? All right. So. So let's go ahead and get into some of these unwritten rules. Brig, you mentioned one earlier. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. So, go ahead. So no, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to segment segue into that. So this yeah. weekend during Alec Mills' no no, I had the mm-hmm. opportunity to talk about what a no no means to a friend of mine and kind of explain, you know, not just the technicalities of it, but the details, the the nuances, if you will, right? And mm-hmm. um, one of the things. So here's the situation. I'm. I'm watching the game. I, I have it on my phone. I'm holding it up, and I'm in my garage while my toddler plays in the street because that's what kind of parent I am. <laughs> Just leave me alone. And she, <laughs> We're in a cul-de-sac. Okay, leave me alone. But she's in the street, and we're running around, or she's running around. I'm sitting in my garage, and uh, and I'm watching the, 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 the last three outs in the ninth inning, right? So out 25 occurs and i yell very loud and (laughs) another neighbor comes out of his garage too (laughs) and he's are you okay brig i said yes i'm i'm doing great actually says everything what's going on and i said look (laughs) the history history is being made in chicago right now but we are not going to talk about it (laughs) And he said, 
he said he must have been able to hear the game audio because it was quite loud and uh and i said because he kind of you know he walked over a little bit and i said and i and he said well what's happening in chicago i said we are not going to talk about it but it's very exciting (laughs) and then he muffled something i don't know it may or may not have sounded like no hitter i don't know maybe it was this jumbled mess of consonants and vowels just kind of he turned i couldn't Mm -hmm. i wasn't actually paying attention who knows what he said i'm not going to acknowledge it but he said he he walked away and said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Turned around, and I he gets it. Yeah, he gets it. So then I'm screaming, and everyone knows I'm fine, and we don't talk about it. So yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that, in case you didn't know, one of the unwritten rules is that you do not talk about a no hitter. And this is something I alluded to earlier when I said mm-hmm. I get the notification on my phone from MLB.com and it says there's a no-hit bid through six in Chicago or in Milwaukee right now um, for Cubs Wrigley pitcher North, Alec like Mills. <clears throat> and I'm like, what the freak, man? We're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> how, are you sp- how did I just get a notification? You guys are MLB.com. Pull your head out. <laughs> So now here's my thing with not talking to a pitcher during a no hitter. Like I understand why you don't want it to get it in his head, right? Because then he starts pressing him. He probably won't make his pitches. I I get right. it. I get it. But my question to you is: Is this more of an unwritten rule, or is it more of a superstition? Well, so it's interesting. We didn't get into the divergent mentalities because you're right. It originated as you do not talk to the pitcher. Mm-hmm. During a no hitter, but yeah, like it has morphed. He, he, he it has morphed the end into of the not. Yeah, we now now you don't talk about it. Yeah, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like I feel like in the dugout, it's an unwritten rule because it's like, dude, don't, yes. you don't say it. You don't want you don't want it floating in the ether because you don't want it to land in his ear. That's right. And I guess that's where it comes from with the fans, too, because you don't want there to be in the stadium. You don't want there to be kind of like a low mumble of no hitter. No, no, no. Yes, of course. Nobody's going to hit. You know, you don't want that flowing, like I said, through the ether because it might end up in his ear. That's how I feel. Even like you sitting at home, you're not going to talk about it with your neighbors. Is that more of a superstition or does that fit in with the unwritten rules? And this is what we talked about with my friend. This is 100% superstitious, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we are a desperately superstitious people, baseball people. We just are. I'm, I'm yes, not going to apologize true. for it. I and just I, won't. In fact, I think, I think that's a whole other episode, superstition. Yeah, oh, for sure. But you're right so. when it comes to drawing a line between the two. But, but I think, you, you know, the rule, the unwritten rule is that you don't talk about it in the dugout, you know, especially bring it up mm-hmm. to the pitcher, but yeah, the, so, but sorry, it's become ahead, a fan ahead. rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was, I was, uh, I had a friend in high, in high school through a, a perfect game. And, wow, and it was, yeah, it was while I was injured, so I was keeping book, and I, I came to the realization it was, I want to say it was like in the fifth inning or the beginning of the sixth that I was like. Sosha has a perfecto going. Um, and I kind of looked at the guy next to me, and he goes, don't say a word. 
It's <laughs> yes. like, all right. Yeah. We got it. And he went on. He, he finished it. He finished the perfect game. He did it. And I'll tell you this. He's the one guy I caught in my entire life who had big league stuff at 15, and he ended up tearing his rotator cuff and couldn't pitch anymore. Man. But that's a whole different thing. But anyways, yeah. So so I get it. I get, like, in the dugout, you don't say anything. You you know, you don't don't even get it out there because – you don't want the pitcher to get in his own head because that can happen, especially with pitchers. Well, and he's so. already there. That's the problem. Yeah. So if yeah. you read David Cohn's autobiography, Full Count, you'll get a really good insight into what it's like to be a pitcher in a no-hitter and a perfect game scenario. And mm-hmm. the yeah. way he translates that experience and gives it to us is 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 gold. Mm-hmm. It really is super, super well-written. There's so, a lot of stuff about that book that's well written, but especially that chapter about the perfect game was fantastic. Well, he's, he fra- the whole thing is framed in that. Yeah, he starts mm-hmm. the starts the narrative and then he works into it and then yeah, he gets in oh, it's just terrific. But yeah. So yes, there's there but there are more rules surrounding a no-hitter that we should talk about. One of them is you do not bunt to break up a no-hitter. That's a that's a violation of the unwritten rules. Mhm. <laughs> And, and for the, me, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, no. just, I was just gonna say about the the bunting. So I don't feel like if you are a so if you're a guy who doesn't typically bunt, okay, I get it. Especially if this if the shift is on, because you know guys aren't because you're not normally gonna bunt to beat the shift anyway. So I don't think you that guy should be doing that. Okay, it's kind of a cheap move, especially against the shift, like. To me, it's like, okay, that's pretty messed up. But a guy like, if you've got like D. Gordon or Brian right. Hamilton up to bat and everybody's playing straight up and you've got one or two out in the ninth inning and you're about to get no hit, like those guys can absolutely lay down a bunt because that's something yeah. they would do normally. Kyle Schwarber is like one of the best the in the business. Which is strange to me. It is. It is. I'm not <laughs> arguing with you there. But I just want to <laughs> add that keeping it in Chicago for today, that that is absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I feel like that's the way that is. It's like, not mm-hmm. not everybody. Like, if you want to lay down a bunt because that's what you do, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But don't, like, beat the shift when the guy's got two outs into the ninth inning because that's Bush League. That That is that is to me. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't into... disagree with you, but that bristles. I bristle against the idea of being competitive, right? Like, do what it takes to win. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and that's, that's my thing, too, yeah. is that – like it, yeah, it might be bush league, but at the same time, like you're and and that's the thing too is if it's a close game, if it's a two nothing game and a no hitter, that's where I draw the line. Yep. Then yeah, go ahead, do what you got to do because yeah, you if you're within two or three runs and you can start a rally on a beat and the mm-hmm. shift bunt up the left field or up the uh, yeah the left field uh, line, yeah, yeah, freaking run it out, man. Drop a yeah. bunt, lay it down, get a double. You get a double out of it. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. how I feel. If you're within two or three runs, I don't care how many outs the other team has. I don't care. I don't care who the pitcher is. It could be a no-no. Doesn't matter to me. Like, well, be competitive. And part of throwing a no-no is getting the tough outs. It's not just the pitcher; it's that's the defense. Right. That's right. It's and that's the what. Tough outs. That's yeah. That's what my friend and I talked about this weekend. Was we were talking about uh, how it's a, these are tremendous team efforts. I mean, especially mm-hmm. a no a perfect game, but a no-no as well. It was a huge, mm-hmm. huge team effort, and you can't the pitcher can't do it alone. I think that so King Felix is the last one to record a perfect game. It was in 2012, 
And I think That's he right. did so on the back of what, like nine strikeouts or something like that. Yeah, or ten. Yeah, he struck out because he he was striking guys out all the time back then. It was it yeah. was absurd. But, yeah, but yeah, it wasn't and, and twenty seven strikeouts. That's what I'm saying. No, like, yeah, we're talking we're talking. He got just under a th- or about a third of the strikeouts or of the outs mm-hmm. were were at the plate. The rest of them were in the field. Yes, and and that that's to your point exactly right that it ta- it takes everybody it takes everybody to be perfect it takes everybody to be to get yeah. a, a no hitter you know that's why it's so special yeah now Brad what do you, we've talked about this before to, and we'll move on after this but what do you think about combined no nos are you as excited about them or not no not at all <laughs> me neither <laughs> the Mariners Very threw good. one several years ago and I was just kind of like okay that's fine yeah. okay. Yeah. Throw a complete game if you're going to get a no-no. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, all right. Do you swing on a 3-0 count? Three balls, no strikes. Your team is way ahead. Do you swing on a 3-0 count? Yes. This is, this is an unwritten rule that you it don't. Is. That's The rule states that you don't. Oh, that's true, right. The rule states that you don't. But do you, in my opinion? Yes. And we talked about this a little bit with Fernando Tatis last week. Yes. He, you know, he, <laughs> he hit a grand slam to go up by 10. You know, you're already up six, which like we said, in today's major league baseball is not a huge lead. Six it's is big, not, but it's not insurmountable. It's not insurmountable. It's not huge. Yeah. So yes. not only did he swing on a three Oh pitch up six, he swung on a three Oh pitch with the bases loaded and I'm kind of like, that's fine. Like, if you're yeah. a pit, you're a major league pitcher, make a competitive pitch and get it out. Right. You know, if you want to try to get him to chase something, that's fine. But don't just groove something three zero. I I think that's an absolutely absurd rule. That I, guys I should be too. able to swing on any count whenever. Because um, we played in a state tournament in high school where we blew everybody out. I think we ended up like our final margin in like five games was like eighty five to like six. Wow. And yeah, it was insane. And our coach came and he told us, he's like, guys, don't swing until you have a strike. Because Mm -hmm. we were hitting everything, you know, and, and I don't feel like that's an okay thing. I mean, at that level, yeah, because you got to show some more sportsmanship because kids have feelings, but at the major (laughs) league level, they don't, I don't care about your feelings. Your bank account is your feelings and you can go home and you can cry on hundred dollar bills. Wow. Ruthless (laughs) blackjack Brad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe it is the beard i don't know but no i don't i don't feel like at the major league level you're a professional you play professionally you get it out i don't care what the count is i don't care what the score is you've got to get 27 outs to get out of the game and nobody should be going easy on you because you're I agree. a grown man yep i absolutely agree with that actually so um i'm gonna skip the the looking at a home run one I feel like we beat yeah. that to a pulp. We we talk mm-hmm. about that all the time. The, yeah. the the rule is that you don't stand in the box and wait for your home run to clear the fence. That's the idea. Um, yeah. I agree. Don't do it. You want to play baseball like a baby back, you know what, then you can stand in the box. And then you get thrown a baseball at your head. And we're going to talk about that later. But <laughs> do you um, – the next rule, let's talk about this. Do not steal bases if your team is ahead by a significant amount. Think of all the squishy language in that one. And that's and that's what you talk about being competitive. Yes. Be competitive from start to finish. You don't go out there and say, oh, we're up six. I'm not going to run. I mean, 
especially with nowadays when guys have enough incentives built into their contracts. I mean, I watched the Mariners a couple weeks ago. They they were still in bases up, uh, let's see, up four runs in the four. top of the ninth inning. Yeah. And then they ended up losing in a walk-off because yeah. the Padres came back and scored seven runs. Of course they did. In one inning. So play to win the game, in the words of Herm Edwards. <laughs> right. Until it's if over. If that means stealing bases, yeah. If that means stealing bases, go steal bases. Right. Swing at a three zero pitch. What do you care? Yeah. Exactly. You don't care about their kids, right? <laughs> like, come on, you're here <laughs> to right. win baseball games. Yeah, that's right. You don't all care right? about their kids. Yeah. Now, all right. Last one, and then we'll take a break. Okay. <laughs> if the pitcher gives up back to back homers, two batters come up, both of them launch them out. They dropping bombs on this dude. Are you allowed to swing at the first pitch of the next at bat, that third, that the subsequent batter? Now, the unwritten rule is that you are not allowed to do that. Right. What, how do you feel about this, Brad? It's the same thing with three zero. Don't go in there and just groove a pitch because you don't think the guy's going to swing. Go out there and make competitive pitches. Yep. And especially See, I agree if you're out that. there grooving pitches, at what point do you just like what? At what point are you giving up as a pitcher? Well, and it, and what are you allowing to influence your decision to give up? Mm-hmm. See, because to me, this is all about the mental game. This is all about who's tough, who's not, who can hang, who can't. This is resilience in the moment. This is all kinds of things. And, and really, if I'm letting you throw the first pitch for a grooved strike, right, right down the pipe, no juice, no nothing, it's like, come on, man, I'm going to drill mm-hmm. that, right? Oh, definitely. Because how many doing of those you in your life are you even going to get? <laughs> Hitting is hard enough as it is. Yeah. Don't let the good pitches go by. And I, I don't feel like you can in any situation, especially if, I mean, if, yeah, if, if the two guys in front of you hit home runs, go up there and hit a home run on the first pitch. Who cares? Yep. Because I actually. Is, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Jinx, you only candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to say about this, if I have a pitcher who is not mentally strong enough, like you said, to work through giving up back-to-back home runs, in the words of my high school baseball coach, he's not that damn good anyway. Good anyway. I don't need him. <laughs> yep. Yep, so that's, that's very that's good. That's my opinion on that. All right, baseball family, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into more of these, and we have more to say, and I'll bet you uh, – I bet you you didn't see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) All right, baseball family, welcome back. We're going to talk more unwritten rules of the game. Obviously, we don't have time to get into every one of them, so we're going to cherry pick a couple of these Mm -hmm. and move through them that way. Um, Some of them are ridiculous, as we, I think, have clearly stated, Mm -hmm. but... Perhaps we should take some time and talk about some that are less ridiculous. Brad, what do you think? Well, this this mm-hmm. one that I kind of I kind of get this one, but at the same time, it is a little bit ridiculous. A pitcher who's removed from the game in the middle of an inning must stay in the dugout until the end of the inning. It's like yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, like you're you're in. It shows that you're in with the team, right? Okay, but yeah. I can also see you've been out in the dugout or out in the bullpen for a while. You might have to go to the bathroom. I mean, we had an incident this week, <laughs> right? So, 
Like, if you got to go, you got to go. That's cool. But come back, hang out with the team. Doesn't matter if you just got rocked for seven, eight runs, whatever. Um, you know, go sit in the dugout, eat some seeds, yeah. drink some Gatorade. And then when it's mm-hmm. over, pull a prank on somebody. Shower. Yeah. 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 yeah that's right. that's what I said. Whatever. Just, yeah, that's you perfect. can unwind in the, in the dugout. You don't have to go unwind in the clubhouse. Yeah. There's plenty well, and you should unwind with your people. Me. Yes. You yeah. Really I, yeah. So what about a pitcher not indicating that they are displeased or at all discouraged by the play or lack thereof of one of their fielders? Okay, so I the way I look at this is an error. Should not right. indicate displeasure with an error. Because errors right. happen. That is the errors official happen. rule. To me, like if if an error happens, like it, it's just the nature of the game. You've got uneven ground. Sometimes you got even a pebble. You know, like we saw a ball hit off third base the other day, and the Marlins third baseman made a great play on it. You know, granted right. that wouldn't have been an error, but just like you know, just you you pick each other up in baseball. You don't put each other down. It's hard enough game as it is that if something like that happens, you shouldn't be like, golly, you know, don't sh- don't make any faces, nothing. You can make faces on a bad bad hop. Because yeah, that's out of their out of their control. You know, sure, it's like man, you know, like, but dang, but yeah. don't don't get down on guys. Defense is hard enough to play as it is. Don't make it any harder because if if you if they get in their own head, same thing with pitching. If fielders get in their own head, we saw with Chuck, no- Chuck Knobloch, a great second baseman, <laughs> got the yips, yeah. thro- got the yips, couldn't throw the ball to first base anymore. Yeah, no, it's true. So. All right, so let's swing all the way over to the other side. Let's talk about stuff that I think makes a little bit more sense. How about not rubbing the part of your body that was hit by a pitch? Okay, tell me about that. So, I mean, this is this just comes down to machismo, honestly, and toughness. That's really what it is. It's, and my thing is, like, <laughs> it hurts. Rub it, man. <laughs> you think so? See, no, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm like, no, you can't have the satisfaction. Yeah, no, it hurts. Like rub yeah. it. I don't care. Make it feel better. Like if you need a little bit of ice, man, do it. Like you need that magic spray. Yeah, do what you got. It hurts to get. No, nah, man. No, I totally disagree with you. Okay, there's nothing more exciting than watching a dude get drilled in the small of the back and him turning around, cold as ice, and staring that pitcher in the face, and not one iota of pain is on his face. Okay. There's no, nothing I'll, I'll, better. The I'll whole, give you this. We're talking 100,000 people between the attended fans <laughs> and the people on TV go, oh, and then he just turns slow and cold. There is nothing better than that. Okay, let me, let me give you this. I, I will say this. Out of anywhere on my body, I would much rather get hit in the back because I'm not, A, I'm not going to rub it because I can't, can't reach it. But second, like, it's easiest to take a ball in the back. Okay. Like, yeah, okay. don't rub the back. But you get hit in the butt or the leg. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Give it a little bit of rub, you know? Rub no, that pain I disagree. Off a little bit. That's... And especially you get hit in the hand or the wrist. That's yeah. different. The hand yeah. is different. Okay. Sure. There are yeah, certain but you places get hit in the that meat. hurt way worse than others. Yeah. And I of think course. you have license to rub that. But the back, Every... yeah, stare him down. Yes. Go walk down to first base and then go steal second on him. I'm the yeah exactly, and I'm the same way with anywhere where there's a bunch of meat. I'm talking the, you get hit in the butt, you get hit in the thigh. Mm-hmm. Look, it's gonna hurt like crazy. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know that. But it is your job to look unaffected. That is uh, that is an unwritten rule. I th- I firmly believe in. 
And I, I've just always thought it was funny because I remember getting hit. Don't rub it. Oh, I'm going to rub it. It hurts. You go ahead yeah. and rub it too. I don't <laughs> care. Well, you can rub it when you get to first base, fool. <laughs> like, well, that's when, you, that's when you is, rub it. No, you take your base you, like a man, then you go rub it when you get to first base. That's what, that's what I say. That's okay. what I say. And all it's right. and it's all machismo and it's all BS and it's all bad for you. But it's still an unwritten rule. And I think it's one that makes perfect sense. You are representing the team. You are representing yourself. And you're not allowed to look like a baby back you-know-what at the box. <laughs> you have got to stand there and deliver a cold, searing gaze back to the dude who may or may not have intentionally thrown that ball at you. And if they did intentionally throw it, let's get into the next unwritten rule. Are you well within your rights or not to start chirping on your way to first base, maybe throw something or charge? What do you think of that? Okay, so if somebody throws at you intentionally, do not touch that spot where they hit you. Absolutely not. Okay. Like I'm with Absolutely you on that. Absolutely not. Do yes. not. Unless in fact, it's in the face. You run down, you, in fact, you strut down to first base, maybe swell up and flex on them a little bit, and call yeah. them a couple names and tell them you bring that all day because it doesn't even hurt. Nice change that's up, right. sucker. Like that's, you that's peacock. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Absolutely. Definitely. Yep. Yeah, you peacock all the way down and, and tell them nice change up, nice curveball, whatever, when you know they yeah. brought the heat because nothing right. just hate more than that. That's right. Exactly so. right. You telling me my 95 mile an hour look like a change up. <laughs> yeah. Well, now they're in their head. See, that's where this yep. see the cool thing about a lot of these unwritten rules. Some of them are complete BS. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like, let's be nice to each other. And like, come on, man, stop. Yeah. Like yeah. this is this is a ruthless cutthroat game. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't perform, the other guy will and you'll get DFA'd. Exactly. So, Yep. It is you. You have to perform. Period. End of story. But some of these rules are about reputation and team morale and mm-hmm. all this other stuff that goes into the subtext, the nuances of the game that I think are undeniable. That you can't. If and if we ever get away from them, we're going to be in trouble. And see, I feel like some of them can be challenged. We can get away with some of them. Like I've I've talked. I'm mean, like like you said. We talked endlessly about watching a home run. Fine. It's Sure. Adds inter- I feel like it adds entertainment value. Go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right. But and I just want to punch you in the face. I know. I know. But luckily for me. Not I'm you. Very... Not you. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm talking about the guy in the box. <laughs> I want to take Yasiel Puig and hit him with my keyboard. That's all. <laughs> That's true. Like, lick your That's bat. True. How does it taste? How does the V key taste? I'm going to smack him. That's all. But but some of the things that we've seen this year, we talked about, you know, we talked about the game placing itself. We had had some issues with the Astros, both pitching and hitting. We had, you know, we talked yeah. about free Joe, hashtag free Joe Kelly and, yeah. you know, yes. him throwing behind Bregman and, and Correa and chirping at him a little bit. Um, but then you had some Astros throwing at uh, Ramon Liriano. Is that who that was? Yeah, I think I think that is who it was. Yeah. And they threw at him. And you know he did. He was barking a little bit, chirping a little bit at those guys, and then there ended up being a little bit, a little bit of a scuffle. Not much more than that. I wouldn't even say a a brouhaha. Yeah, it didn't go to fisticuffs. No, it did not. Wasn't a Donnybrook in the infield for sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. (laughs) But so I I ask you, Brig, which one Ah. of those was more on the right? Was Kelly more on the right throwing at the Astros? I, I mean, I guess this is a dumb question because we know why Kelly did it. The Come reason on, the Astros man. were throwing Oriano was because 
because he's hitting home runs. Is it okay, is it okay to throw at a guy if he roughs you up for four home runs in three in a three game series? Like, no. Do you feel like that's okay? No. And I don't no, either. Be better. Goes, yeah, exactly. Be better. Be mentally tougher and throw better pitches. And it goes now, back to that not swinging at the first pitch after you, the pitcher just giving up back to back. Right. Like that's, that's right. on the pitcher. Now, hold on. The value has changed, though, because 30 years ago, this was 35 even. This was way different. You you mm-hmm. crushed it even one time against Nolan Ryan, and he was going to put you right back in your diaper. Same thing as Bob Gibson. Bob's Bob Gibson Gibson's a great example. You if, you hit him, if you hit a home run off of him, you knew you were getting hit or thrown at the next time you got up there. One time. You get one time, and then he is going to put the pants back on in that relationship, and he is going to make sure that you are crying for mama. Yeah, now, exactly. And Now, sorry, that – I will tell you that that level of ruthless policing itself, sort of Wild West baseball, I love it. I am drawn – in some misplaced or some <laughs> Ill, misguided, ill-placed, macho sort of just gritty, like, I don't know, old school, like toxic masculinity or something. But it strokes that part of me that I can't get very often. And see, for me, and, what it is, it's pouting. It's of pouting. course it is. That's striking why it's toxic out, masculinity. Striking yes. out is just as much as part of the game as hitting a home run. Agreed. There's no reason you should be thrown at a guy because he succeeded against you. He's uh, going to fail against you nine out of ten times he sees you, especially if your name is Nolan Ryan or Bob Gibson. Let him succeed yes. against you one time. He's not going to do it again. Yeah, but listen, He doesn't have you figured out. Nobody has you figured out. Right, but nobody has them figured out because they will throw at your face. And, see, and that's and, part of the dynamic. Now, listen, here's the problem. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that it does add a dynamic you can't get anywhere else. It is uh-huh. it is a it is a hunter gatherer sort of hyper vigilant I'm in charge mentality that we are losing in baseball. Is it right that we're getting away from that? Absolutely it is. But we have to acknowledge the past as the past. We have to put those values mm-hmm. and those systems in place. Because that's what it was. And back then, not only was it wildly acceptable, but it was also completely the norm. Right. And back then, I mean, it's like what people talk about the NBA now. They're like, oh, guys who played in the 80s, I love the 80s because it was like, you know, clotheslining guys and hard fouls. You, you couldn't get to the hoop. And now just you can't touch anybody. You know, and it's like, okay, but those are the rules then. These are the rules right. now. Basketball That's is right. far, actually far more entertaining. The ratings are better now than they were then. With baseball, you risk losing it's, your stars. I mean, think yeah, about how much Mike Trout would have gotten thrown at. A ton. And not, just, well, and not because of launch angle. He's not hitting home runs like the other guys, these other guys do. He has a natural home run swing, and he is incredibly strong. He's going to hit yes. a lot of home runs, whether it's the launch angle era or it's the 70s when guys are going to throw at him. He'd be getting thrown at every other game. He would. I agree with you. I'm just saying that that was a dynamic of the game back then that we don't have mm-hmm. today. Right. Yeah, and, 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 and I, just, I, I still just can't comprehend it. I don't understand it. I, I do. I do understand it. I'm not advocating for it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I get it. I see. I can. It's not hard for me in my mind to say Nolan Ryan 
feels like he is on top of the world on that 18 inches of mound. Okay. Right. And he feels like he is absolutely not only in charge in the moment, present minded, but entitled to being in charge at where his, his role is to dictate not only the pace, but also the execution of play. And he is going to do everything in his power to single handedly affect the outcome of the game. Now, if you throw, if he throws on you, and let's say something doesn't break and it hangs, which happened occasionally, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some guy goes yard on him, then he will do everything in his power to make sure that he is back in the driver's seat, dictating the game because he genuinely feels he is entitled to managing the entire pace of play. He feels okay. like not only is he entitled to it, but it is his sole duty and responsibility. And that's part of that mentality is what made him so effective and why every time we talk about the greatest pitchers of all time, he's at the top of the list. Okay, now I got one for you. Okay. So last Wednesday, this is what started this whole string of blowouts. Yes. We had the Braves and the Marlins. The Braves beat the Marlins 29-9. to We had in the bottom of the seventh, seventh inning, the Braves were up 25-9. to Yes, they, they were. Lowered the lowered the bases. And then you've got um, you've got Adam Duvall gets up and hits a grand slam to put the Braves up twenty nine to nine. Do you throw, or do you find it acceptable to throw the next pitch at Ozzy Albies? No. Okay, because that's what would have happened before. Ozzy no, Albies would have taken it to the dome. No, I don't think it would have. I do. Up 25 to 9, and the dude hits a home run with the bases loaded. He gets a grand slam. Ozzy Albies yeah. would have been down and out. No, he wouldn't have. No. He would have been down and out the next time they came to play each other. The next the next time they saw each other, no, Duvall would have been would down have been. Duvall would have been down and out the next time they played each other. That's what yeah, that's exactly right. But no, You're, I think the yes, next Duvall. I think the very next pitch was would have headed would have been headed at no pun intended, Albie's head. <laughs> I like what you did there. No, I can <laughs> I think it and it depends on whether there was a pitching change between those two instances. I don't think it depends on a pitching change either. I think no matter who's throwing the ball, if they bring a if they bring a new pitcher in, the reliever, they're like they're handing the ball and it's like, you know what you need to do. Yep, I do. He's down. Yeah. And you know, and the same pitcher I think is he's like, Well, that sucked. Boom. You know. Yeah, but I'm telling you, look, so okay, so Nolan Ryan okay, he's a terrible example. Let's say somebody (laughs) else gives up that many runs back then. Okay. Okay, somebody who's way less capable. And because Nolan Ryan would never have done that, but let's say they give up that many runs, you they are packing it in and waiting for the next appearance, the next opportunity to face this team. They are not going to execute retribution then, and if they do, it will be seen as petty and disingenuous and whatever else. That's disingenuous, the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Like it will be seen as seen as petty and small. But the next time they saw each other everybody's on this on the docket everybody and they're and they know that they're going to run through ejections like crazy and everybody's okay with it do you think acuna Acuna is up to to get plunked the next time then everybody because 35 years ago 40 years ago everybody i mean that's the way it work is especially the leadoff guy especially a leadoff guy like acuna yeah much rather 
hit him than have him swing his bat. Oh, so, for sure. So Take your I base, like, but yeah. but send a message at the same time. That's how it all was, old school. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I feel like Albies is on his back, though, the very next batter. That's how I yeah. feel like it would have worked. Okay. And 35, 40 years up. ago? Maybe yeah. so. Yeah. But I don't think so with that many runs on the board. I think they, they're they packing it in and, and planning their revenge for later. Okay. We have a really fun segment. At least, I mean, we think it's going to be really fun, to be honest with you. Yeah. Super um, duh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get started, I do need to give credit to my wife, Mel, because she put this all together for us. She went through all these bags and she divided them into, we have like these little, um, where did I put it? I'm trying to find number one. I, I don't know. I'll find it in a minute. But anyways, so we have yeah. these bags. We have these bags of sunflower seeds and she divided them up so we can do a blind taste test on this. So we're going to go through, we have 14 of these bags. And we're going to go through, <laughs> taste them. I don't know what they are. And I was kind of using this as an excuse to like try new flavors of seeds because I, I sit at my desk all, all day and pretty much just eat yeah. original. <laughs> it's like, it's like oh, really all that I do. You're, because, so, okay. All right. I yeah, have a question. I, okay, go ahead. What is your go-to number one if you could have whatever sunflower seed you – like let's clear the air. Let's set the baseline here, you know? What like is your I could have number one go-to? Flavor? My number any one go-to. Any company, what is it? Okay, so my number one go-to, and this is actually the very first um, flavor of seed that I ever had in my life. Um, mm. I would have jalapeno hot salsa by David's. What? They're really, really good. Like, Brig. Wow. You, you don't even know. Like, that good. Wow. Wow. It's like it's like the big time. What about you? What's yours? <laughs> it's like the big time. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrific. I, I hate to break it to you. You're you're the most wrong right now. And that's fine. <laughs> I don't know if you could sense the incredulity in my silence, but that's what it was. And <laughs> <laughs> I just love you, and I mean it, but I can't. I just can't agree. That's fine. I won't yuck your yum. Here's what I'm saying: is that for me, the best sunflower seed I've ever had is it's by Biggs, and okay. it's their sea salt and black pepper. Don't okay, just give yeah. me cracked black pepper. It's got to have mm-hmm. sea salt. It's got a little anchor on it. There's a little swash of blue across it. It's royal blue. And I'm telling you right now, when so I, when I lived in Monterey, the base I was stationed at, they had them at the at the little post exchange, little shop at, and I mm-hmm. would buy them. That's where I found them, and they were great. And so when I left there, I went back for uh, one of my buddy's weddings. I was the best man at his wedding, and as my best man gift, he bought me like 13 bags of these sunflower seeds, and I had them for like three years. <laughs> Just- That's fantastic. It was the and best gift ever. And I can I totally see where them. you're coming so, from. They're so like, hard to find. <laughs> I can totally see where you're coming from on this, too. Because I, I'll get cracked pepper, but I will not eat them alone. Like, I'll put them with original so I have that that salt and pepper flavor. I'll yeah. put them with barbecue so I get, like, it kind of tastes like a steak, and it's delicious. Yeah. 
yes. the two of those together. Um, yeah, so I'll eat cracked pepper, but never alone. And if you if you're getting sea salt and pepper, that's gonna be a winning combination. I don't know if I'd say big time, but it's gonna be a winning combination for sure. <laughs> oh man, you just had to downgrade that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> So, listen, baseball family, what we're going to do is we have our preferred note-taking methods in front of us. As you can see, I have a pen, and I also have the husk of the bubble mailer that Melanie put this all in that I have. <laughs> look look at this. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can see that I have titled it Sunflower Standoff. And uh, the scale is from 1 to 10 with my crappy handwriting. And I've got this list down the side. And what I'm going to do is very likely auction this off one day. So uh, <laughs> be excited that you're here and you'll, you'll, you, you know, you'll know the significance of this <laughs> crappy list I'm making. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm using my phone. Yay! If you request it, I'll send you a screenshot of my list. Um, at five dollars a piece. So <laughs> I was gonna start the bidding at my auction at like a penny. <laughs> Brad, you're bilking these people for five bucks a screenshot. Jeez, you better tell everybody what your Venmo is. Just tell them. Just get it over with. Uh, offhand, I is it JoJo Cornero? Is that what it is? It is. Just we'll put it just in like, the doobly do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to indiscriminately send Brad money, now would be a great time. Uh, I'll be honest. You can find me on just about anything at JoJo Corner. Like that's just, that's like the default. If you're if you're ever on anything, you're like, I wonder if Brad's here. JoJo Corner. Nope. Okay. And if I'm there, nope. I, I'm there. You know. And He's sometimes I might, might not even know I'm there. I'm not sure if I'm on Reddit or not. But there might be a JoJo Corner out there. If there is, it's me. So. Are you on MySpace? I'm gonna look really quick. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yes. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> it hasn't been active. I haven't been on it in probably 13 years. But uh, there's a JoJo Cornrow. MySpace. Was, my, what is it? MySpace.com/slash JoJo Cornrow. It was oddly specific. Now I have so. to look. <laughs> Anyway, should we get started with this, Brig? we got a lot of yeah. these to go through. Yeah. Okay. All right, grab bag number one. So here it is, bag number one. little sticker got in the it. corner. You can see that on YouTube. I have no idea what these are, but I'm going to grab a few, and I'm going to throw them in my mouth. Yeah, me enough too. Enough to get the flavor. Mmm. Mm. We should also guess what we think they are. Yeah. Not just on a scale, but let's guess. Mm -hmm. Don't, I'm not gonna don't bite tell this me. Directly. Don't tell me what you guess, unless you want to. Yeah, oh. better tell me. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's barbecue. Mm. Yeah, that's some kind of barbecue. Yeah. Watch it be some. So. Watch it be some funky like special barbecues <laughs> like mel found the most obscure barbecue sauce flavor ever <laughs> I, I will say this she had kind of a hard time finding a variety of of um of flavors because i wanted to do this episode back in like june when we weren't sure um when we were going to get baseball and so she spent a long time actually actually trying to find flavors and stuff so i don't know how obscure we're going to get but 
For yeah, the record, some kind of barbecue. Jojo Cornrow is not coming up on MySpace. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we can put that to bed. <laughs> yep. All right, I got to spit my seeds out. Yeah, me too. I have I'm I'm using a Coke Zero can for tonight's festivities. Um I have a clear quick trip cup um that I'm not going to show you because it's clear and so you, you'd see seeds at the bottom that'd be disgusting. So You guys have quick trip out there? Yeah, we do. No, we do too. Huh. Oh, no okay. way. No way. Well, and see we we've been kind of bummed since we moved here about the quick trip because it does. It's not quite a Maverick. No, no. It's re- it's really close, but it's not quite. Yeah. But it'll do in a pinch. Yeah. So. All right. So I'm ready for bag number two. It's doable. All right. I got I got number two in my hand, opening right now. I'm gonna only grab like two or three this time. I had like a whole mouthful last time. And that's just not necessary. Mm, oh, that's good. terrific. That's really yummy. <laughs> <laughs> that. Taste. Honestly, that tastes a lot like the jalapeno hot sauce. That's a little bit sweeter. It's that like might be like a chili lime. Chili lime. That's yes. It's a Baja lime thing going on. Yeah, I like it. Ooh. I'm actually gonna set that aside because that's really good. Mm-hmm. I'll probably. So I got to put this together later tonight, and I'll probably munch on that bag because that's mm. fantastic. Mmm. Yum. Mm. That's terrific. <laughs> I have to downgrade my rating on the previous bag because I'm like, well, the standard has changed. <laughs> it it did. It's true. All right. You ready for number three, Brig? Mm. Yes, I will put fewer in my mouth from now on. Yeah, I, there's I a put sound like three bite. And... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there might be a T-shirt coming on with that. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I can see it now. Yep, I can see it. Yep, oh, I'm going to work on that tomorrow, and it will be on the shop next week. Oh um, there we go. Thanks for signing yeah. me up for that. Hey, no problem. I'll even put you as like a reference at the bottom. Like <laughs> Briggs said, this is not just out of nowhere. Briggs said this. <laughs> Number three. Um, this there's like burnt pickles. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> no, I don't like it. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna eat the kernel. It's not good at all. Blech. Okay, this is the first time I've decided I need to actually need to rinse my palate. What the heck yeah. is that? Blech. Yeah, I think your I think your spot on that might very well be. Spitz dill pickle. That's I'm calling my shot on that. Number three. Wow. You just pointed at left center. Look at you. Yep. Spitz. You went all the way to the the brand. The thing that's funny about that is I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, you got to try Spitz dill pickle. And I've always been afraid to because I was worried that it was going to taste disgusting. And that's what I imagined tasting like. Yeah, but these were burnt. This was this was literally a charred or a roasted pickle. And it pro- roasted sunflower seed with dill pickle flavoring on it. Yeah, I know, but usually That's what I imagine you're gonna get. Ugh, usually dill pickle's not that bad. I've had a lot of pickle seeds, and they're not that bad. That was like burnt. Yeah, yeah, not good, not okay. good at all. All right, all right, here we four. go. Number four. Whoa. 
Oh, I haven't even got I haven't got it in in my mouth. Whoa! That tastes like candy. If sunflower seeds were a cinnabon, this is what it would taste like. Uh huh. What the crap is that? It's terrible. Oh my gosh, that's. You don't like it? No. <laughs> and see, it doesn't. Twi- it's not quite like a cinnabon because I don't like cinnabon. It's not that rich, but man, it's like. It tastes like a dessert seed. I think it's pretty good. I think I feel lied to. You feel lied to. That's I not feel actually violated, so man. I I expect <laughs> I expect savory. <laughs> Get a sweet. What the heck is this? What is this? Cinnamon toast crunch? Freaking sunflower seeds. <laughs> That's what I'm calling cinnamon toast crunch sunflower seeds. How do you spell cinnamon? Who cares? CTC. We're calling it CTC. CTC. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, was that number four or number five? That was four. That was definitely number four. You'll notice. Oh, you're right. By the number strategically located in the corner of the little baggie. I know. <laughs> I know. I I thought maybe I just grabbed the wrong. I don't know. I hope Either you way. don't. Don't come out of order. That would be. That would be. Terrible. Oh, that would be so bad. Um, okay, that's so a zero. the aftertaste on that is terrible. Ugh. I'm downgrading that. Oh man, because oh man, it was the initial flavor is really good, but then I got them out of my mouth and the aftertaste is disgusting. Oh, this this T-shirt's gonna have a whole list of yuck sound bites on it. Okay, you ready for number five? <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I got number five. Okay, number five alive. Is that how that goes? Mm. It's not bad. It is pleasant. But hmm. what is it? I have no idea. Because it's not just barbecue. It's something else. No. There's something with it. and I, I can't place it. But it's barbecue and something. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're t- are they taco? Is this a taco flavor? It could be. Uh, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, that might that might be some kind of taco flavor. Yeah, that's what I that's what that's it tastes like. Hmm. That's pretty good though. Yeah, yeah. I I'd try that again. Yeah, not right now, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do All you right. think? We're gonna do. Uh, what two more? Let's, let's go half. Yeah, let's do six and seven. Then we'll take a break. Okay, let me rate tacos. Okay. <sighs> okay. Hmm. Got it. Curious about number six. I'm gonna go ahead and get number six rolling. Yeah, me too. I While got it. you. Okay. All right. I got too many. There we go. Oh wow. Hmm. It's limey. Yeah, that's. I wrote lime. <laughs> Very limey, and then I wanted to say, I wanted to, I wanted another qualifier on there, or some sort of adjective or something, a verb maybe, <laughs> a verb to describe something like like lime explosion <laughs> or oh, okay. lime express or so much lime, lime. explosion. I, I feel like is fitting. Yeah, um, I'm putting lime. Yeah, explosion. that's very very limey. A little bit too limey for me. Yeah. It's so limey, it could be British. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I see what you did there. Ah! All right. 
<laughs> sorry. Well, I mean, I'm not sorry. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> that was good. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> All right. One more. One more. And then we'll take a quick Let me break. me cleanse the palate. And then we'll quick. get back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably should. Okay. Uh, that was Lime Explosion, I think, is the perfect description for that. Thanks, man. Okay. There it is. Number seven. That is big sea salt and black pepper. That is what that is. That is that is like coming home. That's really good. You got to do it with the lowercase i and the capital everything else. Oh, that's a good one, Brig. I like that oh, a lot. That's what that is. Mm. We should get an affiliate code or something from Amazon for these. Two. On a scale of one to ten, I'm giving it a twenty-five. <laughs> And I, I'm gonna give it a ten because it is it's really good. You don't I mean, have to be nice to me. Second one. You don't have to do that. No, I'm <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Brig. I, I know, know I don't have to be nice yeah, to you. I know. <laughs> Jason and I had a conversation about that the other day. About being nice to no, me? I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not generally You'll that you're not nice to me. <laughs> yeah, not on yeah. <laughs> This is great. All right. All right. So that's number seven. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to go eight through 14, and who knows what we'll find on the way. Oh, man. We've already topped it off. All right, baseball family, welcome back. We're going to go through eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I itemized all of those for my four-year-old, so she knows that dad knows how to count at least that high. <laughs> Uh, not long ago, she counted to 100, and I was duly impressed, as were everyone else involved. And then she Should credited be. me years with old, it. Counting to 100? Yes. Man. But then she credited me with having taught her that, and all I did was raise the roof, which also shows how <laughs> old I am. So I was very, <laughs> very good. Okay. Very good. All right. We got more seeds, thanks to Melanie, and we're going we're gonna to get after it. You ready with number eight, Brad? I got number eight right here, ready to go. Okay. All right. I got, got your pinch. number eight right here. All <laughs> 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 right. That is. Oh. What the hell? Not good. What the not crap? Good. Is, oh, man. <laughs> Yuck. That's disgusting. Oh. <laughs> that is a one. It tastes like Yuck. burning death. Yeah, that's going to go, like, straight in the trash later. That, I'm telling you, tastes like charred, like burning hair. That might taste better, I'll be honest. Oh, you burning hair might taste better? Yes. (laughs) All right. Don't anybody, listen, you listeners out there, I know you're thinking, how does Brig know what burning hair smells like or tastes like? I don't want to answer that question right now, but I will tell you. That that's what that tastes like to me. <laughs> I just chugged my water. It tastes like rust and just. Yeah, that's disgusting. That tastes like Dorian Gray's soul. <laughs> Where's number? Let's move on. I need. I need something different. Let's get on number nine. I need some positivity in my life, please. Yeah, please be good. Okay. 
God, Here we go. that's awful. It keeps coming back. I know I'm having a hard time getting past it with this next one. Let me see. But this is not good either. No, this is terrible. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's gross. Another zero. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I don't know what that is. I'm really curious because I'm sure I'm sure there is a ranch in here somewhere, and there are a few things in this world that I hate more than ranch. You know that that could have been ranch right there. That last number nine. That yeah, that it very could, well could have been. And I love ranch. Love it. I it's liquid salt, man, and it's just creamy liquid salt, and it's so good. Yeah, but Can't man, do it. that's awful. That might I'll bet that was ranch. I'm a, that's what I'm calling it. Yuck. All right. Ugh. Did not like. Okay, well, we're really on. burning through these. The second half here, number ten. Number ten. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah. All right. This is great. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> we should, you know what we should do next is, is we should uh, blindly taste like pastries or something. <laughs> like, let's be uh, blindfolded. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good content. Good YouTube content for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this is another like kind of sweet one. Yeah. It's not great. No. It's, but it's not as bad. No. I'll probably give it a two. Yeah, that's um, what I was going to give it. Yeah. Yeah. No, get it out. I mean, it's just boring. Yeah, but it did get rid of that other flavor, and I, yeah. I am grateful for that. I do need some more water, though, to get rid of that one. Yeah, but what the heck was it? I don't. I can't even place it. Me neither. But it. Hold on. Yeah, I. I keep. I'm stuck on Old Bay. I hope Old Bay is coming because I really like Old Bay. But every time I'm like, "What is that?" My brain says it's not Old Bay, and then all I can think about is Old Bay. And I don't know if there's Old Bay in there. I'll be honest with you because it. I know it's hard to find around here. Oh, so okay, that's fine. If we uh, if we do get it. It'll be a pleasant surprise, I'm sure. Okay, I don't know what that was. Me neither. It was, I ex it's like you talked about that one where you called it a Cinnabon. You expect to be getting some degree of salty and savory with your seed, but that was like lightly sweet, but not enough to... I don't know, it was weird. It was really weird. Yeah. Mel even just told me, she said, I will say that last half was a bunch of monkey flavors. So... Okay. And she's kind enough to refill my water for me. That's so wonderful of her. Man, she is for the win right now. She is, truly. Having put together this episode for us and everything. Excellent. All right. Okay. Ready for number 11? 11 it is. Ask me. Hey, while she's there, ask her if there's a rhyme or reason to the color-coded uh, stickers. Oh, hey, Mel, is there a rhyme or reason to the color-coded stickers? Is there a rhyme or reason to the sticker colors? Or is that just what you pulled off the, the thing? That was from the multi-pack at the dollar store. From the multi-pack at the dollar store. No rhyme or reason. And no rhyme or reason. It just ended up the way that it did. That is, number 11 is David's original. It is. And it's fantastic. I love it's it. It's so good. 
Mm-hmm. I know because I, like I said, I eat these all day, every day. Yeah, that's They're what delicious. That is. Yeah. And I gotta say, that's a good little palate cleanser after those last few that we had. I am not. Kind of needed it. Yeah. I'm gonna mm-hmm. leave, I'm gonna leave it off to the side in case I need a palate cleanse. Mm, that's a good idea. Okay. This poor Coke can. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Number 12. Okay, number number 12. Now batting for the Baseball Together podcast, number 12. This is seasoned. Like, so very seasoned. Is it Lowry's? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's Lowry's. That's Lowry's. Maybe. I don't know. I can just see it. Like, it is visibly. It's like fuzzy. It's so seasoned. Yeah. Did that, you notice that? Yeah. That's exactly right. That's Lowry's. That's the best steak seasoning, seasoning salt in, in the world. I think. Mm. Talk about something so simple that is good every single time. You can't go wrong. That's what I think that's what that was. It is really good. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. We'll try again. Mm. Yeah, that was pleasant. That's good. <clears throat> that was pleasant in half. I don't really want to spit it out because it's like the best flavored one we've had in a few tries. In a few tries. Well, well qualified, sir. <laughs> Besides the original. In fact, while I enjoy this flavor a little bit, let's talk about seed sack break. Oh, that's a great so I idea. I got this little little bag right here. It's this canvas bag. And this is actually what I keep my seeds in all day, every day. Uh, used to, I kept them in a Ziploc bag, like so, like you see on YouTube. Uh, like we have all of these. Mm-hmm. But gets messy. Seeds break. And they get to be holes in the bags. Until I was introduced to the seed sack. And legitimately, fantastic. Amazing little bag. I've talked about it several times on the podcast. This is in the Christmas episode. And... I like I'm not kidding you, Brig. I use this thing every single day. Yeah, I and gotta get one. It's you do gotta get one. It's amazing. There's a link down in the doobly doo. They are one of our partners. We are very proud to be partnered with them because, like I said, love it. I would not recommend it if I did not truly love it. So yeah, that's get true. yourself a seed sack for all your seeds. Yeah, you're really right. stodgy. Is that the word we're gonna use? What was that? I I called you stodgy. But that's not the word I wanted I don't even to know use. What that's stodgy not. Means. It means uninspired, and I just didn't think that was. The, oh, it's not at all what you are. You're stingy <laughs> with what you endorse, though. Like you're, you don't throw recommendations out wildly, and that's true. Neither do I. But I do it so seldomly that a mm-hmm. recommendation is essentially a guarantee, in the words of Ron Swanson. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, very well played there, sir. <laughs> Thanks for setting me up. Just <laughs> lob, you lobbed that one up for me. Unbeknownst right, to me. Okay. All right. Are you ready for number 13? I was in my mouth, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I need I need to rinse out number 12 real quick just so that it doesn't uh, influence number 13. Okay, here we go. I'm not sure. Well, I feel like we've done this one already. I do too. This feels this like that? number five again. Was this the chili lime one? 
Or the the taco one, maybe. Oh. Maybe. No. I can definitely... I feel like there's some lime in there. There's a lot of lime in this one. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Mm Mm-hmm. So it could be that that number two Baja chili lime thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's still good, if that's what it is. Yeah. Did she tease... Is she teasing us? Is this this a twofer? That would actually be super funny if she did. I think that she did do a twofer. Did you do a twofer? Did you do... Oh, no. She didn't do... She did not do one. There are no repeats here. She... She did say some are very similar, though. So. All right. I will give that one like a seven, though. Good, not great. Okay, here we go. Last one. Number 14. Brig. Brig, I'm going to be honest with you on number 14. This looks a lot like jalapeno hot salsa seeds. Are you already... Do You you haven't tried it yet? You're just looking at it? I'm just looking at it. The, the appearance gives the... It, it looks the same as jalapeno hot okay, salsa. All right, hold on, I'm getting it open. So, well, hurry yeah, up. Okay, so okay, my, my seeds are going in. That's jalapeno hot salsa by David. Yes, it is. That's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, that's amazing. That's going in the. In the eat later pile. Mm. Put it in the seeds. A little sack. bit spicier than I remember, but those they're still so good. Alright, now I usually don't do spicy, so I'm a little surprised at how much I like this. Yeah? Yep. And see I do I do spicy, but not to the point where I can't taste it. I gotta be able to taste my food. I'm like I'm a g- there's a certain establishment. I shouldn't talk with seeds <laughs> in my mouth. Like there's a certain establishment that does a challenge with hot wings, and I've never done the challenge because I'm like, no, I want to taste my wings. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to be so hot. I can't taste it. So so a friend of mine here, if he doesn't like have an existential crisis, it's not good enough. Oh, really? And me, I'm like a complete la- like sissy la-la about it. Like, I can't. <laughs> if, if the scale, if I'm at... Uh, if I go to Buffalo Wild Wings and they're like, what kind of heat you like? I'm like garlic parm. <laughs> <laughs> like on a scale of yeah, one to one. ten, I'll do a three if I really want to impress this person. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, and that's how I am too. Like I stick with the mild. Mild is about as hot as I get. Sometimes I'll do Asian zing, but but mostly I'm like in the mild range because it, like I said, I want to be able to taste it, so. It's better that way. All right, Brig. Holy cow, man! This, Are you this ready? was this was uh, this was something else today. I think. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's a little bit different than what we normally do. I'm opening my cards. Are you opening your cards right now? <clears throat> yes. And I'm also opening okay. the bag of number seven. Oh, cause you want to have some more? Yes, I'm gonna have some more. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too good to pass up. <laughs> and it's my favorite. <laughs> I'm not doing it because I I can't I don't talk well with seeds oh, in my mouth as you've noticed. I don't even care. So all right, here we go. Number one. Number one. Are you ready for number ready. one? I feel like David Letterman. Number one. Got to play the trombone a little bit with it, you know. All right. Number one is Spitz spicy sweet chili. Well, we got that wrong. 
Yeah, we did. What did you rate it? And that was a five. I, I gave that one a five. I did too. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. All right. Are you ready for number two? I'm ready, man. David Jumbo Ranch. Crap. Very surprised. Very surprised. Very. What did you give that? I gave it a 10. I gave it an 8. That's amazing. That's I, amazing. You. I have expressed my disdain for ranch. <laughs> like, Brig, I hate ranch. Like, the fury that I hate ranch is like the fire of a thousand suns. Until now. I'm not kidding you. Like, yeah. Like, until now, apparently, Jumbo Ranch by David, those are my favorite seeds. Who would have thought? Not me, that's for sure. Wow. And to think all those years that I was snubbing my nose at, ran- at David Ranch Seeds. I'm just like, <laughs> no, I don't like ranch. I'm like, golly, I need to like challenge myself a little I bit. I love <laughs> this. You're, this is great. This is better. Okay, are you ready for number three, Brig? Okay, first, what did you what did you rate number three? A two. A two. I gave it a one. It was Biggs. Cheeseburger. It tastes like burned pickles. Yeah. And and it makes sense. It makes sense that it would taste like burnt pickles. It was terrible. Okay, number four. I gave number four a six. I gave it a zero. I'm still offended. David David Sweet and Salty. Get out of here. See? See? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. And I, I get it. It makes sense yeah. now. All right, number five, Brig. I gave number five an eight. I gave it a six. And that is David Barbecue. Oh, yeah. We get, I called and it. See, I like David Barbecue. It wasn't bad. I think they're good. It so. was okay. If it was yeah. the only seed available, I'd be super happy about it. Yeah. All right, number six, I gave a six. I gave it a three. Spitz chili lime. Yes, lime explosion for the win. Nice. Yeah, we called that one lime explosion. Mel, Mel's sitting here now. All right. So this is the best one ever. Ready, number seven. All right, number <laughs> seven. Number seven. This I gave this one a ten. Bigs. What'd you give number seven? Twenty-five. Brady? A twenty-five. Okay, so you you said it was sea salt and black um, pepper. What brand? Bigs. Bigs. So it is Bigs. Bigs cracked pepper. I know. I'm a little disappointed that there's. Are you sure, Mel? It. It did it. It said just cracked pepper on the package. There yeah. was no yeah, anchor Nazi on salt it. And, and and pepper. Yeah. No. Not. No anchor. Nothing. Just straight cracked I'm, pepper. That was really it good is though. Really good. I'm so. a little bit set. That All means right, number- that if this is a 25, then the, the other one would be a 50 out of 10. It would yeah. be. That's yeah. true. I mean, the math checks out. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Number eight, we have Biggs Sizzlin' Bacon, and I gave it a big fat zero. That actually surprises me at the amount that I love bacon, but that was disgusting. Yeah. It, that's the one we said tastes like burnt hair. Yes, yeah, and I said burnt hair might taste better than that. It was, it was awful. So, it was the most awful. Yeah, it's okay. terrible. Okay, number nine. Number nine, we've got. Oh, uh, what we call? Well, first off, what I gave number nine a Me zero. Too. What did you give? 
Okay, what did we call them? I thought it was ranch. I thought this was ranch. Okay, well, it would make sense because this is Taco Bell Taco Supreme. Yeah, or, right. It's it's Biggs, so that makes sense. Also, because I don't feel like that's a, that's a flavor that translates. <laughs> if you're going to have Taco Bell, it's got to be in the form of Taco Bell, not in the form of anything else. Because it's just not so enough weird. Velveeta to go around in a sunflower seed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay, number 10. I gave number 10 a 2. I gave it a 1. Yep. Yeah. A 1. Spitz Smoky Barbecue. Ugh. I gave it, I called it Sweet Chili. What did you call it? I think I agreed with I you. I think you're right. I, I don't have, I haven't been taking notes. But anyway, I think, what we'll, we'll come How back. are you going to sell your screenshots? Like it's just numbers break. <laughs> I don't know. I'm telling you, my, I didn't think the business plan through very well, listen, Brig. My really, really shoddy <laughs> bubble mailer torn off piece of it's really this is this just went up in value. Now it's the only one. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. supply and yeah, demand is this way this works. Of... <laughs> yes, exactly right. Okay, okay. what's well, this number eleven? I gave number number eleven a uh, ten. Me too. And that one's one we said was David Salted. Like Bingo. Original, right? Crushed yeah. it. Crushed ah! it. Jinx number 12. Number 12. <laughs> 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 I can't. This is a family-friendly show. I cannot give a pro, an appropriate response to that. To be fair. Anyway. All right. Number 12. Uh, I, I gave number 12 a 10 as well. I gave it. I gave it a 9. David's spicy Ooh, queso. That's the one I thought was Lowry's. Yeah, that's it's a, a good, good one. one. Yeah, that's that a good one. It, highly recommend too. it. Yeah, I'm gonna go get Delicious. some of that. Okay, number yeah. thirteen. Number what you I, give number thirteen? I gave this one an eight. Okay, I gave it a seven. Giants bacon ranch. Wow, Brad. Brad, that's too. Since when do I that's like too ranch? Positive ranch experiences for you, my man. <laughs> the world wow. is coming to an end. <laughs> it must be. Do you that's have insane. a window nearby? Are right pigs behind me. Flying out there because you're not flying out here. I just, uh. I don't see any. <laughs> no, they're not. No that's, pigs flying. Yeah, that's important information. I did check. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're so weird. This is great. All right. All right. Number 14. Number 14. 10 out of, actually, I gave it a 100 <laughs> out of 10. I'll be honest with you. Because I knew what it was, and I told you it was my yeah. favorite. What I did you rank that one? 7, 8. I don't know. I was equivocating. Pretty hard. Seven, eight. Jalapeno hot salsa. Just like I you said. You got it, man. You got it. Awesome. That was that fun. Was way fun, man. That was a lot of fun. All right, listen, baseball family, we yeah. want to know we want to know what your favorite sunflower seed flavors are. We want you to what 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 we really want you to do is send us stuff to do this with more on the show. So if you're like, hey, here's some here's a six pack of Moxie which happened. 
you know, why don't you try <laughs> it, it and not let Brad yeah. have any? But this time, let's let Brad have some. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, if you want to send us stuff to try on the show, we'd be more than happy to. You can shoot us an email at support at nine plus us dot com, or you can join our private Facebook group at nine plus us VIPs. It's nine plus us VIPs. That, and then just shoot us a direct message. That's a great way to do it as well. But we will we will try combinations. We'll blind taste test stuff. Um, as long as it's not illicit, it will be a really positive experience. And <laughs> I feel that was important to say, I think. Um, and there, there you go. <laughs> this, this was a riot. <laughs>